Thanks for joining us on the Church of the Lakes podcast, where we inspire life, share life, and give life. Want to learn more about us? Check us out online at cotlakes.com. We'd love to connect with you. Now, let's go to the message. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Church of the Lakes Online. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We are excited to have you with us. And uh, we're starting a brand new series. So if you're checking us out for the first time, boy, did you uh, pick the right Sunday to start with us as we're starting a, a brand new series. But I do want to remind you, we've already said it, but the e-guide, uh, use this. We would love for you to use this because... Especially if you're a first-time guest, there's a place here for you to let us know, to communicate with us, to let us know who you are. Um, events, small groups, we've got small groups going on right now. And so if you'd like to get plugged in or just see what's available, if you go on there and you hit the small group, uh, it's going to show you all the different small groups that are available for you to consider. Um, I know like my wife and I are doing one group for married couples on Monday night, so uh, we've got... 20-somethings, young people, we've got senior prime timers, we call them, um, groups that are available. So uh, wherever you are um, in your walk of life, there's probably something there. So get plugged into a small group. Would love for you to do that with us. All right, well, like I said, uh, we are, are jumping in real quick. And before I do, let, let me read this this letter. Um, one of the things that we that I love and that I am so blessed being the pastor of, of Church of the Lakes is, man, our people give, and they're faithful in their giving. And it's kind of part of the DNA of who Church of the Lakes is uh, to serve our community in, in resources and financially. So I just want to tell you of a couple things that, that uh, lately we got this letter from the Tears Foundation. And uh, the Tears Foundation actually helps bereaved parents um, deal with um, the loss of a baby if they lose their baby, and actually provide financial assistance in helping fight, make final arrangements. So maybe it's a young couple and they really don't have the money. I don't know if you've dealt with that kind of thing lately, but it is really expensive to go through uh, a funeral and all that type of scenario. And so well, this is the recognition letter that we got because we just sponsored a walk that they did uh, to help those parents. And so they said thank you for that. And then the other thing is that we've got National Night Out, which is our local police department's effort to be in relationship with community. That is October the 5th. From 5 to 8 p.m. out at Ski Beach, but Church of the Lakes is one of the uh, major sponsors for that event as well. So thank you for um, your giving, those of you who maybe you're homesick or you're traveling, so you're watching us uh, from afar today instead of uh, joining us live. Uh, uh, thank you for your faithfulness that allows us to continue to give and serve this community. We're creeping up on as a church uh Almost $700,000 that we've been able to give away uh, to serve our community, our region, and even uh, some global missions in the world. So thank you so much for that. Um, and, and if you want, there's a place there on your e-guide where you can give if you'd like to be involved. All right, let's jump in uh, because we're starting a brand new series. Um, and, and, and man, <laughs> I've been thinking about this series for months. Uh, I have been preparing for, excited about, and thinking about this series because I don't know about you, but it sure does seem like in a very short amount of time, our world has lost its ever-loving mind, uh, right? And and I would say even especially in our culture here in the United States, that, man, we are extreme, you know, and, 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 and it seems like the world is drawing you to, you have to pick an extreme. You know, and once you're on this side, you have to hate that side. And and it, whether it be the political thing, whether it be the vaccine thing, whether it be the mask thing, uh, you know, now mandate for workers has just come out. And I mean, just all this. And so 
the, the, what, what the Holy Spirit has been rolling around in my mind is how do you stand firm in your faith, but while living in an ungodly culture? Because our culture, quite honestly, is veering away from, is shifting. And it is veering away from what it was founded on, which was biblical godly principles. We're, I mean, we're living in crazy times. There are so many questions right now about what is right or wrong. Um, and, 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 and culture is shifting in such a way that it's shifting away from godly things. Well, Daniel is a book of the Bible and a character in the Bible, and he was faced with these same issues. So we're going to take the next six weeks and study what Daniel did to be influential in his culture, in a pagan culture, and yet not compromise. All right, well, let me give you a little bit of background. Daniel, Daniel's the author of the book of Daniel, lived somewhere around 600 B.C. Um, and one of the confusing things that I, I think people get confused about with the Bible is that the Bible actually is not laid out chronologically. In other words, it's not in a timeline sequence. Instead, um, the, the books, especially in the Old Testament, are grouped together based on the type of book that they are. So you got the first five books, and they're one category. And then you've got this set of books, and they're historical. It's this historical section. And then you've got another set of books, and they're poetic. And then you get into another set, and it's the prophets. And in the prophets, there's major prophets and minor prophets, not because the major prophets were better, God liked them better, or anything like that. But the major prophets, they were longer. So the minor prophets, their, their books were smaller. Well, Daniel was one of the major prophets, right? And, but even within Daniel's book, there's sort of two different sections. Um, the first six chapters could have been put into the historical books because it's just kind of historical. Here's the story of what happened. The last six chapters are prophetic. And as a matter of fact, they are the most quoted in Revelation, which is the very last book of the Bible that talks about the end times. So, so you kind of have these two different pieces of the book of Daniel. Now let's put it in perspective from Genesis to Jesus. Okay. So in that Old Testament time period is about 4,000 years of recorded history. Okay. Now, if you get right up to the end, right before Jesus, there were 400 years that we would call the silent years. In other words, there was no, there was no writings. We don't have anything that God wanted downloaded to the people and written down. But if you go right before that 400 years, Daniel, the book of Daniel would have been somewhere right there. In other words, it would have been one of the last books. If the books of the Bible were put in order chronologically, it would have been right there before that. Um, and, and, and so Daniel, Guinea's the author. We're talking about 600 BC. And the story is, that the Israelite people, God's people at the time, they're going through this cycle, right? They're going through this cycle, and the cycle looks like this. God would bless them. Yay, God, they would cheer, you know, rah, rah, and it's all good. And then they would start sliding away from the things that God said, and they would get sinful, and it would get bad, and then God would allow something to happen, and it would be terrible, then they would come running back. Oh God, please forgive us. Please forgive us. And during a lot of that time period, he would bring a new judge to judge the people, to give them the right uh, concepts and ideas and decide in their disputes and all this sort of stuff. And they would be blessed again. 
And then they would kind of fall off again and fall away from God, and it would be a disaster again, and then they'd come back, God, please help me, blah, blah, blah. And it's this cycle, uh, often called the cycle of apostasy, like away from God, back to God, away from God, back to God. So they go through this, go through this, until finally God goes, that's it. I'm done. Um, this, it's time now. I'm going to actually bring some punishment. I'm going to allow, I'm going to deal with this, because any great father, any great mother, any great parent, knows there comes a time where you have to discipline your children, right? So the story of Daniel is actually where God is disciplining the Israelites because of all this crazy cycle that they've gone through and gone through, gone through. And the way he does it is he lets a pagan foreign nation. Now these people were, let's see, how, how do I, how can I even describe how bad the Babylonians were? Here, here's how, okay? In the last book of the Bible, in Revelations, the angels make a reference to, and, and you gotta remember, their point of view, if we're talking about Revelation, is all of history. They make a reference to what is obviously considered in their mind one of the worst time periods and one of the worst groups of people. Now, you could think they would think of Hitler. You could think that they would think of, you know, ISIS, or, you know, you think of modern stuff or other stuff, but you know what they refer to? They refer to Babylon. That's the people that God is going to use and allow. He's going to take his hand off. He's going to allow them to come in, beat them up, tear up their cities, and then take them off into what's called exile or captivity. All right. And so that's exactly what's going to happen. So let's jump right in. Daniel chapter one, verse one. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, that's that's the, the Babylonian king. Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Now, I want to really highlight something here. Um, and, and, and we've got it here. And it's this. And the Lord delivered. And the Lord delivered. Now, <laughs> and the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands. Now, I want you to hear something there that God is the deliverer of this consequence. So here's the way I would say it to you. God's in control of who's in control. Now I'm about to say something that may cause some of you to turn this video off um, or get really upset with me in the moment, but I think it has to be said. God's in control of who's in control. In other words, God is sovereign. Nothing gets past him. He makes no mistakes. So regardless of your political views, the current president is God's current choice for president. Now, again, I know there's some of you that just kind of went, whoa, I don't know who this dude is. And I'm, you know, tuning in for the first time. But listen to me, either God's sovereign or God's not sovereign. Right. Either God's in control or he's not in control. But what we see in this is that it is God who delivers them to a pagan nation. And so, boy, that's that's a challenge for us that we've got to stop and say. And I think that right there, Daniel puts that right here at the beginning of, the, of his of his story for a very specific reason. That's Daniel's mindset. Daniel's mindset is whoever's in control God put them there. God's doing something that I need to figure out what God is doing and get an alignment and on his agenda 
And I think that has a lot to do with the heart of who he is and the mind that God has given him that then later God will say, this is a man that I can trust. This is a man who I'm going to give influence to because he trusts me above and beyond what he sees in his current circumstance or even his own personal quality of life. But that's huge. Now, I just want you to let that sink in for a minute. If you're still with me and you haven't turned the video off yet, um, I, I just want you to grasp God's in control of who's in control. So it says, The Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hands, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. Do you hear that? God delivered the holy articles from his temple to these people. It says, These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia, and put in the treasure house of his God. Then the king ordered Aspenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and nobility. Now here come uh, Daniel and a couple other characters that you're going to recognize. He says, young men without any physical defects, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. You know what we're going to do? We're going to take you from your place and we're going to give you a new culture, right? We're, we're, we're going to try to re-educate you and put you into a new culture. Now, nobody has hauled us off. <laughs> nobody has hauled us off. And But I will say this, there is a culture out there that is trying to redefine things. There's a culture out there that is trying to get us to understand things differently or change. We're going to talk about them more as we go along here, right? But the language and literature of the Babylonians, the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. Now, that's a problem. Right here, we've come to our first wall and our first confrontation. And the reason being is their Jewish dietary guidelines would not allow them to eat the king's table because it would have been pork which they weren't allowed to eat, would have been all kinds of stuff. The wine they, they weren't supposed to drink for different reasons. So, and, and a lot of this would have been used to sacrifice to pagan gods. So now you're also talking about food sacrificed to pagan gods. So here we are, all of a sudden, uh, right at a confrontation already. They were to be trained for three years, and after that they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen were uh, some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. So what we see now is that Daniel and his friends go through uh, living in a pagan and ungodly culture and they have to navigate relationship with these people, but not compromising who God has created them to be. So what do you do when culture changes? What do you do when around you the culture is changing? Because here's what I need you to understand. Culture will always change, but God doesn't. I'm going to say that again. Culture will always change, but God doesn't. And isn't that part of the tension? Part of the tension is that God's, God's principles are good for all times. But one of the things culture would love for us to say is, well, you know, that was a long time ago. Today is a different time period. Culture changes, but God does not change. So... What I think is going uh, on today, even in churches, is that people are changing with the culture and then asking God to bless it, right? That we're changing with and then saying, well, you know, God understands because it's new, it's modern, it's different today. But even when those things are opposed to what God has already said. So you'll hear something like this. Here's a quote. 
well, that was a long time ago, and we have to modify the Bible to fit today's culture. Right? Here's, here's what I would say to you. Listen, we all have a choice. We can change in the direction of the culture, or we can change in the direction of what God says. But we cannot do both. Right? We can't. Right? I've, I am old enough now to be able to have seen culture shifts. Right? I grew up, how many of you are old enough? I mean, this, you want to talk about defining how old you are right now. Um, I remember on TV, do you remember this? That the only time you saw anyone in bed on TV were married couples and they were in separate beds. Does anybody else remember that? Yeah. So, cause, and, and, and yet, but today, well, today we've got, you know, fantasy reality shows where everybody's sleeping with everybody. And, 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 you know, we've got guys and girls and guys and guys, and girls and girls. We've got all these different things. We, we've got violence that is pretty rampant in what we watch. We, we've got violent video games. We've got cleavage selfies. Come on, somebody, right? Like we've got all these things going on. And here's what somebody would typically say to me when I bring those kind of things up. I, I know that stuff's probably not very good, Pastor, but, but all that doesn't really bother me. And here's what I would say to you. I think you just proved my point. Because I think it should bother you. Right? If we're allowing culture to shift our mindset to where things don't bother us, we're heading towards what the culture says is normal. And the reason that is so dangerous that I need you to hear today is this. Culture has an agenda. Culture, absolutely, this world has an agenda for you. Look at, look at Ephesians 6 and 11. It says this. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. You know what that verse says to me? That verse says to me that the devil has a whiteboard. Right? You can't see it, but right over here on the wall, uh, on the other side of the room here, is a whiteboard. I really like whiteboards. I, I like writing on whiteboards and thinking, and that's that's a good way for me. I have two walls in my office at home that all there is whiteboards, where I can do that kind of thing. And I need you to hear something. The enemy of your soul, the devil, I think he's got whiteboards. That he's constantly scheming, coming up with ideas and ways to get you off track, to get you to not trust God, to get you away from what it is that he's called you to do. And that's exactly what's going on with these guys as well. Let's keep reading Daniel 1 and 7. And the chief official gave them new names. Oh, wait a minute. What? To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. To Azariah, Abednego. Right? Here's what I would say that I think is the first thing that we need to recognize that is culture's agenda. Culture's agenda is to change your identity. It's to change your identity. In other words, the culture and the enemy of your soul and the scheme on the whiteboard that the devil would have for you is for you to not know who you really are or who you were really created to be because God has an identity already for you. Right? Scripture is very clear that, that, that he came up with ideas. I say this all the time, but I love this illustration. He does not create people step back and go, huh, what am I going to do with this one? That's not what he does. He has an idea of somebody and how they'll fit into his story. And then he designs them and you were designed. And so, so there's either the identity that God has or there's an identity that the culture wants to give you. Why? To distract you from who God created you to be. Now look in this story. I think you're going to find it fascinating. 
what the meanings of the names are. So, so each of these guys get their name changed. Well, well, let's look at them. So the first one's Daniel, which means God is my judge. In other words, God's in control. I answer to him. He's the end all be all, right? That, that's what his name is. That's his identity. But they change his name to Belteshazzar, which means, check this out, lady. Stop. Wait. What? Lady. Protect the king. You know what this is? This is a challenge of gender identity, uh, which has become a pretty hot issue within our culture over the last many years. No, no, you're not that man. You're not God's man. Uh, you're something else. It's almost like, you know, hey, you're a sissy. You can't do. And I think there's millions of men uh, that are part of our culture that have been demas- de- 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 they've been emasculated to the point where they're, they don't feel manly. They, they don't feel, and that's exactly what's going on here. So what the culture is trying to do is get us to focus from, from God to man. In other words, from what God says about us to what man says about us. That's exactly what they're trying to do here. Look at this next one. To Hananiah, which means this. Yahweh has been gracious. Right? I recognize God's grace in my life. I, I recognize his, he, he's, he's all, he's, he's amazing. To Shadrach, which meant fearful of God. Right. In other words, the focus goes from God is good to God is bad. And I think we see that quite a bit in our culture today in the messaging. And that's part of the agenda. Look at this next one. Mishael means who is what uh, who is what God is, who is what God is a statement. Right. Like the, the I am what God has created me to be. Uh, who is what God is like? I am. I am godly. Right. In that. But look, it's changed to Meshach, which means despised, contemptible, and humiliated. Boy, you want to talk about a message that we're seeing in our culture today, and that's this, from confidence to cowardice. Right? From confidence to cowardice. We're, we, we, you should be scared. Hey, there's separation of church and state. You can't be you know, on a school campus and talk about this or that, or you can't be in this place. And you know what the problem is? Is Everybody knows this. Everybody says this. But the reality is that was never created to keep uh, church out of government. It was meant to keep government out of the church, right? The reality is, listen, I'm we the people too, and you are we the people too. And there needs to be a place where we're not cowardice about what we believe and what we say. Now, we've got to be careful because we started playing the world's game and it's gotten us in trouble. And the world's game is we're just going to yell and argue and be ugly. We're going to post these things that is blah, 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 and it's not getting us anywhere. As a matter of fact, I think it's taking the message backwards. So we've got to figure out, because here's what I believe. I don't think Daniel would have used social media. Because watch the story as we go through it over the next six weeks. He is honoring, honoring, honoring to the pagan king. I can only imagine, you know, some of us, um, you know, if, we, if you're a Democrat, when Trump was in, you hated things that he did. If you're a Republican, maybe you hate things that, that Biden's doing right now and, and, and all this kind of thing. But do you know that Daniel was sitting next to the king? Every day he was seeing ungodly decisions and ungodly things. And yet he still honored the king. Boy, there's a message there for us. How do we honor and yet not compromise. How, 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 do, how do we do that and be confident 
and not be scared and not be cowards in that. Let me keep moving. Boy, that's, that's a whole sermon within itself. The next one is, it's Azariah, which means Yahweh has helped. Yahweh has helped. Like I recognize that God's, he, he's, he loves me. I have a relationship with him. He's helped me. And then it goes on to Abednego, which means a servant of Nebo. In other words, the focus is from relationship to religion. Right? Instead of it being a relationship, it's just a, this God up in the sky with a lightning bolt that I better please him or he's going to like splat me, you know, make me a grease spot on the ground. And that's not it. Listen to me. Culture wants to give you a false identity. So let me make this statement. When culture changes, you better know who you are. And you better know whose you are. And can I say the best way for you to do that is to get involved with God's people. Uh, we're starting small groups right now. You're going to hear me say it over and over. Small groups, small groups, small groups. Why? You need to get into a group of people that remind you of what God says about you. And while you're out there and, and we're all on this thing on social media and, and we're comparing with everybody else, you know how we do. We compare their highlight reel with our reality, um, you know, scenario, this perfect little scenario. Look at their Christmas picture, right? We get those Christmas pictures at Christmas time and everybody's all... You know, and perfect. And nobody sees that right before that mom was like, I will kill you if you don't sit down. All right. I mean, like, so we do this comparison thing and we struggle. Then it makes us struggle with our own idea. No, 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 no. Get into a small group. Get into a church. Find a place where you can be reminded and have this something solidified in you of who God says you are. That identity is so, so important. Let's pick back up in our story. Daniel 1. Eight, But Daniel, and here's the word, resolved, resolved, made a decision, just set it straight in his mind. He resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. Now, here's where I'm talking about. I don't think Daniel has social media posting political arguments because he check the check the attitude of Daniel in this. And he asked the chief official for permission. He didn't go, oh, I'm not eating that. And I'm not drinking that because this is what God says. That's not at all the attitude that he takes. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in that way. Because here's, here's, here's the culture's agenda is it wants you to compromise your standards. Right? It wants us to compromise our standards. And we know that when culture shifts, we, we cannot lose our convictions. Right? We, we know that. So there's this thing inside of us going, well, I'm not doing that because, and a lot of us right now, the word that's being thrown around so much is freedom. Freedom, freedom. I'm, I'm a free person. I can make my choices. The problem is, is the scripture says you're a slave to Christ. Uh, so there's a balance to that because 1 Corinthians 13 says, faith, hope, love, And the greatest of these is love. See, what I see in Daniel's heart is he's remembering all the way back to the, to the, to the second verse that we read. God delivered. This is God's idea. This is God's story right now. How do I cooperate with God in the story that he has me in right now? What is it that's compromising his gospel? And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do these things. But how can I do it in such a way that is loving that I would not 
yell and scream and be ugly, but I would ask permission. Daniel honored the leaders and they were terrible. They were terrible. He remembered that God is in control of who is in control. God will give you great influence. Listen, when you love and serve without compromise. I don't think God will give you the same influence if you just are stand firm. I'm not going to compromise. I think it's the heart. Why? Because what does God love? He loves the people. What does God have us still here for? We're on a rescue mission for those people. When we love and serve those that God loves, right, then he will give us that influence. And he does. Daniel 1 and 9. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. There it is. Let me ask you something. I wonder if Daniel had been like, no, I'm not eating your food. This is junk and it's not good for you and it's outside of our laws and blah, 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 blah. I wonder if God would have put it on the heart of the officials in the same way. I think it's a pretty valid question. But the officials told Daniel, I'm afraid my Lord, the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. He's going to chop my head off because you're, you're not going to eat all this good food. And then you're going to be this skinny little rail of a thing, right? And then I'm going to get in trouble because I didn't take care of you the way I was supposed to take care of you. And Daniel then says to the guard, whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Meshach, and, and Azrael, please test your servant. Catch this. For 10 days, 10 days. Now, I want to, want to teach you a little something out of the Bible. Uh, numbers are very significant in the Bible. And the number 10 is always equated to tests. The number 10 is always equated to tests. There are 10 commandments. It's a test of your faithfulness. There is the tithe. It's a tenth, right? It's a test of what, you, what who you're going to worship and what, where you're going to put your worth. And will you say, yeah, I'll take what I and give a tenth, right? In the upper room before Pentecost, they waited for 10 days. There was a time of testing for 10 days. Uh, the church in uh, Smyrna in Revelation, the same thing. There was a 10-day 10, 10 period. You can go on and on and on that. But the reality is, is this is symbolic of a test. So the, verse, so the uh, story goes on. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. And then compare our appearance... With that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what they say. Now, for those of you who know, this is actually where we get something called the Daniel fast. This, this is exactly where this comes from. It says, so he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. Let me say this to you, and I especially want to talk to the young people, but this is all of us. You are constantly being tested. There is a battle for you. There is a battle for your heart. There will be moments that your faith is challenged and the culture is going to create a confrontation. That's their agenda. Because if I can create a confrontation and have you fail, I can put doubt inside of you that your God is really God. Right? If, if I can put confrontation in front of you and have you fail, well, now I can just prove that you're a fraud and you're really just like us. Right? We've, we've got to recognize these moments, these tests that are put in front of us. When culture changes, listen to me, never give in to the pressure. You've got a choice. You can live by pressure or by principle. You can live by pressure 
or by principle. You will be tested. Eat this. Drink that. Click on this. Right? The culture looks to bring these confrontations so it can claim you as its own. It's, it's, it's constant that it's going to bring this confrontation. Let's keep going with our story. Daniel 1 and 15. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. Now, listen to me. You know what this screams? God's way is better. God's way is always better. Does it seem better at the time? Vegetables and water? Ugh. I mean, for those of us who are meditarians, that's what I am. That, that, that like, you know, we just can't even imagine that scenario. And so, so what I want you to understand, listen to me, God's way is better when we do it. God's way. When we do it his way, it's always going to work out to the better. Right? So the guard took away their choice food and their wine uh, they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Right? <laughs> Can you imagine the other guys there? Can you imagine the other, like, what the heck? Are you serious right now? Like, you're going to take away all this good food and now we're just going to eat this scenario. But it says, to these four young men... God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. Verse 18. At the end of the time uh, set by the king to bring them into a service, the chief officials presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. And the king talked with them, and he found none equal. Check those words. None equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them... will you say it with me 10 times better right 10 listen to me god's way is always 10 times better in other words young person when you're confronted with that confrontation and you've got opportunity to eat that drink that smoke that click on that whatever that is listen to me it looks fantastic and it's going to be fun for a short time period but God's way in the end is always 10 times better. And when we can understand these schemes, right? The culture is trying to just, is trying to change our identity. I mean, it's trying to get us to compromise our standards. It's going to create these confrontations. If we can recognize those as simply schemes and we can say, God, what is right? What is your way? And make the right choice. Listen to me. God will bring the influence on our sphere of influence that Daniel had, right? He, he, he was not ugly. He, he didn't tell them how horrible they were. He didn't try to fix them or correct them. He just stood strong um, and, and, and gained wisdom from God in how to do this in a way that was influential and still maintained relationship. This is, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and chanters in his whole kingdom. Wow, what an amazing challenge for you and I. We are meant to be world changers. I don't care who you are. If you're listening right now and you're nine or you're 99, you are meant to be a world changer. And that still is on the table. It just comes down to us understanding that that if we'll do it God's way, even though initially it seems weird, even though initially it seems goody-goody, even though initially um, it feels awkward that God will meet us in that place. And God's way includes us not compromising, but being loving in the whole process. So let me ask you a couple questions as I close out the message today. 
Here's a question you can ask yourself. Will I change the world or will the world change me? Will I change the world around me or will the world change me? Because we literally have that choice, I think, moment by moment every day. Right. In other words, maybe another way to say it is, will will I be a thermostat or will I be a thermometer? See, a a thermometer tells you the temperature. A thermostat sets the temperature. Right. Will I set the culture or will I reflect the culture? Well, let me remind you, believer, follower of Jesus, who you are. Matthew 5 and 15. You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world of the world. What does that mean? That means that you are to make dark things brighter, right? Dark things brighter. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on the stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Here it comes that they may what? See your good deeds. See your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. That's the challenge for us is that when the culture tries to change our identity, tries to get us to compromise, confronts us with this confrontation, that it is our choices and our good deeds that will make them turn and go, your God really is God. I, I don't know what you got, but I want what you got, right? That's, that's it. And then the other one, will my identity come from God or from the world? Will my identity come from God or, 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 or from the world? Uh, I want to read you this last verse as I close today. Romans 6 and 3 says, For sin's power over us was broken when we became Christians. In other words, in a moment, if you truly surrender your heart to Jesus and say, Today, I choose you as Lord. I don't understand it all, uh, but but will you forgive me of my sin? And will you come in and as best as I know how, I'm going to start to live the way I think you are mean for me to live. And I'm going to start to read your word and I'm going to get plugged into church because I want to understand more and more and more about your ways instead of the ways of the culture around me. And then it goes on and it says, and we're baptized to become part of Jesus Christ. So let me challenge you today. If you've never made that decision, today's the day. Today's the day that that you could say, Jesus, I... I need to surrender my heart. For some of you, maybe you have done that before, and it says here that next step is to be baptized. We're going to be doing baptisms next month for Fifth Sunday Family Worship. Um, or maybe if you're far, far away and you just happen to be watching this this uh, video, I guarantee you if you call the, a local church close to you and say, I got saved, I'd like to be baptized, that bastard would love to have a conversation with you. Um, or call us here and we can have the conversation at a distance. But man, let me challenge us that like never before, at least in my lifetime, we need some Daniels. We need those that have figured out how to be influential, how to be loving, how to be wise and kind, but not cowards and stand up for what is right. We need that wisdom and that download from God. Let me pray for us today and ask God to help us to be Daniels. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the story of Daniel and the challenge it puts before us, God. Father, we repent from choosing the world's way. Would you, Holy Spirit, bring conviction upon our hearts? Areas right now that we know that need to change, things that need to be out of our lives, relationships that maybe need to be ended or or, or put away for a while. And so, Father, uh, would you give us courage 
not to be cowards, but to step into whatever you're challenging us with right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be with anyone and everyone watching and listening right now. Give them courage to step away from the things of this world and towards what you have called them to be, the identity you have for them, the fullness that you have in life for them. We just pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us this morning. Man, I love you guys. And uh, hey, let's go be Daniels. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us today. We would love to help you on your next steps. Please visit cotlakes.com. Join us weekly as we continue to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in our community.